Hello, and welcome to Manifestor Academy for Entrepreneurs with Michelle Anderson. If you are curious about how to manifest the life and business of your dreams, you're in the right spot. I will be sharing interviews, tips, tricks, stories, and anything I can think of by lifting up the hood on my own experience and my own businesses, including my coaching practice, about how you can manifest your dream life and business I hope you enjoy it. If you want to learn more, you can always go to michelleanderson.com. That's Michelle with two L's and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end. you guys i've got my buddy andy shavy here he is the permaculture inspector and master of wake the farm up and if you need some instagram entertainment and you want to see what andy's been up to um foraging hanging out with his kids like doing some super fun stuff out in nature please go check out that handle you will not be disappointed there is always something exciting happening there and he's always educating too and being like really inspirational about really cool food stuff. So, hey, Andy. Hey, how are you doing? Great. I'm so glad you're here because um, I've been wanting to talk more about fun. And I definitely think of you as someone who is committed to fun. I definitely like making sure fun is infused into my everyday living. I would agree. I, I would say that, um, you know, I'm always seeing you just like do things that you're into, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we get to be alive and having fun is a great way to experience things. And yeah, so, what, what do you think about that? Well, you've been kind of a person um, in lots of really cool kind of like um, permaculture, gardening, farming, environmental, um, sustainable, like all these kinds of areas, um, foraging, all this fun stuff. And what I've noticed is that when I've been in those communities, like there've been a lot of people that um, haven't really figured out how to like make a survival life out of this or make business out of this. And you have, and at the same time, like we said, you have fun with this. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because um, out of all my time being in coaching masterminds and working with business owners and then coaching business owners myself is that I end up telling them to have fun. <laughs> and I know that was like a major turning point for my actual like financial stability for me is making myself have fun. So what do you think about all that? I think it's brilliant. Um, so for me, getting involved with what, I, what I'm doing, um, one example, I started doing farmer's market probably 14 years ago. And I was really interested in bringing that as an avenue of creating income and putting myself in front of people, actual real people every week. And one of the things I remember, it's interesting to see 14 years ago, I had a cardboard sign with a marker 
and it said local food. At that time, people were asking me if that meant low calorie, which is really funny to think about now because local food is such a buzzword, right? Um, but what I'm alliterating here is that I definitely caught a really cool wave of energy. I was at a place at a certain time where this wave of energy and enthusiasm came and I was able to ride it in a lot of different forms, like a surfboard. And um, seeing that as like, a, just finding new opportunities as the time went by, because now 14 years later, there's a lot more farmers markets and there's a lot more people growing local food and making signs that are fancy with, um, that say local food. And I'm doing different things now. I'm not even doing the farmer's market anymore. I'm actually growing farmers and growing people that are permaculture producers. And that's been a fun thing for me to experience. Um, another thing I've experienced in permaculture communities, there's a lot of I've heard every doomsday story that there is people concerned about the end of the world and how we're going to get food. And there's a lot of anxiety right now about climate change and different things like that. And I've been able to cultivate in myself. I love using that word cultivate because that comes out of the garden too, right? Cultivating, taking out the weeds, getting the weeds out of my mind of things that aren't wanted growing in there. Um, so there's things like global warming. I think a lot of it, it in a comic way, is um, a result of a lot of that anxiety, the heat coming off of people's heads from being really freaked out about it, but they're not doing anything about it. And it's fun to do things about it. There's, there's exciting opportunities and change. So if the climate changes, maybe I can grow avocados here in Indiana. Um, I like avocados. Currently, I can't, but if it gets warmer and the climate changes, maybe I can. So that's just an attitude thing. It's a way to positively and optimistically look at these changes. The, uh, the humans that survived the ice age were the ones that were positive thinkers and adapted to the changes. The ones who sat around complaining about it, not doing anything about it, well, they died. So there's a, there's a certain kind of, uh, attitude thing that kicks in as a, a survival and thrival state of mind that will help us create a good place to be in with all the changes that happen in the world. There's just some fun, fun little rants. Well, I, I honestly just love that you brought that up and it's, it's in such alignment with like the theme of the podcast, which is like, don't be a victim. Um, and you kind of just talked about having the mindset about change and you've been able to you talked about just like flowing with the tide of things that happened as you found your way through the market and then out of the farmers markets and doing your own things and um I remember being around people in the sustainability world that were freaking out about climate change and doomsday stuff, like you said, and I left because that was like very anxiety provoking. <laughs> yeah. 
And I also love the idea of being able to grow avocados in Ohio, which um, I would gladly do. Yeah. So thank you for kind of like shining a light on that. And I've watched you do a lot of different things in those communities. Um, and I know that people don't like uh, sometimes to hear a positive spin on their doomsday obsessions <laughs> and they'd rather just be anxious about it. I, I find that that's like something that people like to have their identity wrapped up in that it's like, it's time to freak out. What do you think? I, I think that's true. Um, I do feel like permaculture was something I came to because I did spend a lot of time when I was a teenager going to protests and holding signs that said, no this, no that, don't cut that tree, don't touch that, don't do this or that. And I felt like through permaculture, I was able to cultivate in myself a system of design that helped me to say, yes, this, yes, that, yes, yes, yes. And stop having to even saying it and just doing it. And being able to encourage that in other people is really fulfilling for me. Um, there's, there's a lot of joy that can come in that. There's uh, so many secrets and magical, I like calling it magical. It's, other people might call it science, but for me, it's fun to call it magical. Just little tidbits of nature and how you can find all these secrets in nature that help on the journey it's like constantly cracking the code of nature it's like a big puzzle out there there's so many things like one that comes to mind for me right now that i really enjoy is the aronia berry it's a berry that has been known for treating radiation sickness and it's not a common food right now but i can see that being a common food for people who want to thrive because we live in a world with more radiation, so we can sit around complaining about it, or we can just discover these things in nature that help our bodies adapt to it. There's a, in, in my mind, I come up with plants that I'm looking for, or rocks or different things that I could consume that could make me fireproof and different things like that. I don't think they're out there, but maybe they are. It'd be kind of cool. Um, but just knowing different things like the aronia and how they can help prevent the radiation sickness. And um, there's just different things out there that we can mix into our food habits and there's seasonal food. It's amazing how different foods will bring certain nutrients to our body at different times of the year. And that works in tandem with what is going on in the environment. And an example of that is like, we don't crave watermelon in January in the Midwest when it's snowy and icy out, but in July or, or September this year, if it's really hot out, we enjoy a good watermelon. It cools our bodies down and hydrates us. Um, so that's, that's a simple example of a seasonal food. Um, there's other things I remember it was, a when the 9-11 towers came down back in 2001, the uh, place I was at, I was out in a field digging echinacea roots. So I always remember in September, it's the time to go and dig echinacea roots. 
that's when their potency is the highest, the immune boosting properties in the root is highest. And it's also when you start seeing flu shot signs at the pharmacy. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun to think about that, how these plants are magically offering their gifts right when you need it. So you start taking Echinacea in September and it's fresh form directly from the earth and there's this like magical effect that you don't get attacked by the flu as easily. Um, so yeah, it's some fun thoughts on what I'm experiencing and the puzzle of life. It's just like I'm hearing you kind of talk about being open to the solutions and allowing them to sort of show themselves when it's time. Yeah. And discovering that and being able to find that. It's a really enjoyable experience. You guys like this stuff that Andy's talking about, please go look at his Instagram and we'll have the link because um, I've known people that go into these rabbit holes of like teaching about food and stuff, but they get real kind of ego about it and like mean and like think they know everything and it's like very serious. <laughs> yeah, but people get super serious. I just wanted to say something about that. I've, <laughs> I've been doing plant identification walks since 2001 mostly focused on folklore and medicinal or edible properties in plants. And people love, I've noticed they expect the, you know, they look really serious when I start a walk. And by the end of the walk, they're smiling and glowing and laughing their heads off. And one of the ways I do that, like I like to do different things, like I'll point at the first tree that we come to and everybody will look at me like real serious that I'm gonna tell them what type of tree it is. Like they're gonna expect me to say, this is a cedar tree, a Juniperus virginiana. But I'll point at it and I'll say, this is, this is David. <laughs> and they'll be like, what, it's David? And I, I like to, it, it's fun to bring that magic of looking at a tree as an individual like i don't walk out into the world and see a bunch of humans and say those are humans um i mean i could if i want to and it's fun too but it's neat to look at individual trees and understand that they have individual feelings and while we're identifying them they're identifying us and just to expand our consciousness like that and interspecies relationships I think it's kind of fun to see that open up in people. Well, also, like, you're kind of letting them loosen up. I think, like, hmm. people get really bent out of shape, like, I need an answer for my life. And then they never not have that thought in their head where um, in letting go and having fun in the moment, you can just kind of unfold and, you know, take what's happening from that moment that you might need. Like you talked about the echinacea arriving at the right time or the watermelon or someone like you saying this tree's name is David, you know, those people probably need a laugh right at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of loosens them up and, you know, helps them start to have fun while they learn the plants. Yeah. And I know that you're 
plant wisdom is really well versed and exciting. And I know that that's why people really love to go on your plant walks and learn from you. But I know something that the listeners aren't really going to have perspective on unless I intentionally just kind of tell them is that if you ever sit down with Andy and, you know, listen to like your stories, you're the kind of person and you talked about the yes attitude that will end up in some part of the world doing something really fascinating because you have that attitude. And I, I just love hearing your stories about going places, allowing some kind of experience to happen for you. Um, tell me like about that and your take on jumping into those adventures. Um, well, I've been very interested in putting myself out to the world for that type of opportunity to help in various ways. So I've done a lot of different botanical surveys in different parts of the country. And I've also taught different workshops, doing the plant walks in different parts in the country. Um, and one of the ways I kind of look at that is I've noticed my life is kind of like Gandalf. I like comparing it to like Gandalf. He, uh, I don't know, there's the famous quote that a wizard is never late. A wizard always shows up precisely when he intends to. There's something that's comical about that and anxiety relieving for me too. Like it helps me know that I'm getting to the right place at the right time. And there's uh, something you'll observe about Gandalf. He is always traveling, showing up in different places. He loves the Shire. It's the place where the hobbits live and have their cute little happy life where they eat cakes and have little parties all the time. He loves going there, but what he does is he goes there, lets off a bunch of fireworks, and then goes to the next place. And I like doing that. It's kind of nice to participate. I feel like I'm well connected and have a lot of good friends in different communities all over the country. Um, sometimes it's challenging because you just want them to all be in one valley at the same time and not have to worry about the rest of the world or whatever. But it's really nice to have that connection out there in the world. Um, some of the projects that I get involved in entail hiking for miles a day, looking at different sites and creating reports. Sometimes the reports are a little tedious, but it's, uh, it's fun. It's writing. I definitely enjoy writing. Um, I love playing with words and yeah, put, putting all that knowledge into uh, functional gift to the community, if that makes sense. Yeah, and so like you're able to do all these adventures and um, you were, we were having a conversation just about like making it work, like paying your way and like making things work for you, sustaining yourself, um, which I think like when I used to be around the people that were the doomsday people, I would watch what a challenge it was for them to figure out and marry like their obsession with living off the land perhaps, but they still needed to make money. 
Um, And I noticed that that was sort of a a challenge for a lot of them to figure out what to do. I also noticed that some of the people that I would be around in those circles would think that money was a bad thing or, you know, that that was linked to capitalism and capitalism was the global warming vehicle (laughs) and stuff like that. So, but but you've taken your own mindset about it. Tell me about like how you think of your ventures as your sustainability financially and how that's worked out for you. Um, well, a big part of it is setting prices and letting yourself say yes to things that are gonna pay you well and saying no to things that are gonna make you drain you. So if I feel like something's going to drain me, I say no and just go with that decision. Um, But on the fun aspect of things, sometimes if something's going to drain you, but it's going to fill you in a different way because it's fun, sometimes I say yes. And it's interesting how those opportunities and moving with, I, I would call it faith, they often lead to something else that does offer you a significant amount of money or capital in some form. I do feel I have developed a sense of capitalism that's beyond just money. I don't count things just in money all the time. Um, so there, there's kind of that. Um, you know, if somebody there's trading and bartering in different ways. There's uh, just making sure you have that balance though, that you feel like what you're putting out is creating something that can take care of you and you're not left feeling stressed out. There's uh, one, one thing I have noticed, and it's probably fairly common for many entrepreneurs. There's a, uh, something might work one day, but a year later, you can't just settle and continue to do the same thing. You have to constantly adapt and you have to constantly think and creatively come up with new ways of doing things. And that's kind of how I went from doing farmer's markets to teaching other people how to grow and create those kind of uh, businesses or give them consulting on what their goals are in their farming operation, what their niches are. There's a uh, certain niches you might have, like if you're a farmer market person and you have a certain niche, it might go really well the first year, but three years later, there might be 40 other people providing for that same niche. So you have to figure out how to do something different if you want to keep making money. You can't just settle. Um, There's certain things you can settle on, I guess, because you want to create that space for yourself, but it's definitely something you want to keep that creative flow going and look for the new direction, look for the next thing that excites you and feels fun and um, is lucrative. That's a big part of it. I think that is so translatable across all industries. In fact, I was just listening to something yesterday, kind of similar. This man was an executive coach and he said, people ask me about my marketing strategy and I never tell them because I'm really just 
answering my inspiration and going with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, you talked about like just the fluidity of change, which I think I, I really appreciate after like some years in business and it, it is never the same. Um, so I think also, you know, those people that have those serious faces when they go on your plant walks, they, you know, some people are just looking for like a strict answer and I would say maybe that there's just not one, that it's kind of the next thing, the next thing that excites you, like you said. I want to know what you think about that. Yeah. Like, what, what are you asking me? What the next thing that's exciting me right now? Yeah, well, why don't you tell us what is the next thing that's exciting you right now? I can't tell you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if I told you, then I'd have to come up with the next thing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there is kind of that aspect though, you know, there's like this edge of sharing and teaching, but then there's this other edge of like kind of knowing when to reveal things. Absolutely. Reveal after you've got a couple of the ducks in a row. I've actually raised ducks. They're really hard to get into a row. If you have five <laughs> ducks and you like set one of them in place and you put the next one there, the other one starts moving again. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a, a lot of opportunities. I think one of the ones that is developing for me right now in the permaculture community, being involved in that, I feel like there's a lot of people who have said that they're consultants and that word to me has almost been overrun in my mind that I don't even want to say that I'm a permaculture consultant where I started developing the permaculture inspector kind of concept and one of the things I've got it going now is and it's developing still but so I'm not going to reveal all of it but it's a it's a it's a thing for people who are interested in buying a homestead or just bought a homestead um, or somebody who's working with a real estate agent in any way to be able to have somebody who can come and look at it with a permaculture lens and be able to give them suggestions or basically a two or three page report on the property in regards to a permaculture lens so it's just like a real simple package and so that's that's something that's that's available and i'm connecting more with different real estate agents to kind of be able to make that available and it's kind of similarly analog to a home inspection like where a home inspector comes and looks at the place and tells you how good the heating vents are or whatever or if it needs new doorknobs. Um, a lot of banks will require that. So I don't imagine banks will require a permaculture inspection. So it's not like that yet. Um, but maybe someday they will, who knows. I really think that's cool because like, you know, I also look at homes in a different way because I can see kind of the design potential that want it be in a home inspection. Yeah. Um, 
And I know we didn't like super duper clarify what exactly permaculture is, and I'm sure that's going to be a new word for the listeners. And so um, how about if we kind of like just wrap up here with you saying a little bit about permaculture? Sounds good. Um, Permaculture, it's often misinterpreted. So I try to define it a little better. It's a, it's a design system that helps create the concept of a more permanent culture. So a lot of it has to do with food or energy use. Um, the word sustainable can come up commonly, but there's always the question, what are we trying to sustain? But it's basically a design format um gardening isn't permaculture solar panels aren't permaculture they're more like paint colors on a palette for a permaculture designer so like a permaculture design could have gardening and solar panels in it um so it's it's a concept that helps translate or communicate and is creating the vocabulary it's a fairly newer design concept that originated in the 1970s. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting concept and it's developing and getting more, more popular or known in the mainstream community than it has before. I often don't, always use the word permaculture because some people aren't familiar with it and I'm still wanting to get a certain end met so it's not always necessary to use that word again that's a design thing like if it's in the proper design to use that word I'll use it but if not so then I won't I'll leave it out of the conversation Um, but it's definitely been a big part of my conversation so that's why I wanted to make sure came up in our conversation here does that help yeah yeah i i kind of think of it as a design concept as well um and if someone was like i'm into permaculture what would their purpose be like if they were going by the fact that it the the idea that it's a con concept like you say um well to me i'd like to ask them a lot more questions when somebody tells me they're into permaculture and to understand why I would want to ask and get to know them more to understand what that means to them is I've seen a really diversity of people interested in permaculture, which is something I really like. There's people that are really into this primitive side of permaculture. They start fires with sticks and they like to make their own arrowheads and hunt deer and all that cool stuff. And then there's other people who are really techy and they're into complex systems of alternate energy and um, hydroponic growing of plants. So you can kind of see how there's this whole like difference there. There's urban permaculture, which could include like rooftop systems that are growing food and keeping the buildings cool. And then there's primitive systems where people are planting strictly just native plants and 
it's it's all part of permaculture and i find that beautiful and these people can interpret it all in their own way i like that i i kind of think of it like that too because everybody brings their own sort of focus to the to the design concept yeah well tell um you know us anything further that you want to leave us with like about anything we've spoken about or something that we left out well i think the big part i wanted to come back to was the the fun aspect and being able to bring that into your life every day in some way um just simple things like even if you're cleaning the toilet or something there's simple games that you can add into your mind. One that I like to play is called what if it's just a real simple, what if game. So it's like, you know, back to the cleaning the toilet. It's something that, you know, you're doing it and you're like, I don't really want to clean a toilet, but if you are doing it and that's what you find yourself doing, you can play what if, and you could say, what if this is a salad bowl? I don't know. Maybe you don't want to go <laughs> licking it or anything, but, <laughs> but there's just so many fun things that you can do if you're like waiting in the doctor's office you could say what if all the people that are sitting in the other chairs legs turned into caterpillars or you know just like it doesn't do it doesn't happen it doesn't do anything but it entertains your mind for the moment and keeps that positive attitude going so then when the doctor opens the door or when the next thing happens that you weren't expecting to happen, you can be a little bit more ready for it with a smile and a positive attitude. And that'll help channel in those creative flows of how to handle different situations. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a big part of what I like sharing with the greater community though, is having that positive attitude and, sometimes you could be sad you could be really sad but you can still have a positive attitude and allow yourself to be sad um you can get a cut on your finger you can look at it and just admire that you can see the meat inside of your skin for a second <laughs> just so many different things you can do that help you well i think like you know you're talking about introducing play um yeah as much as possible which i know that you do and um really like that and it's funny that you talked about the what if because i was actually writing something kind of similar it this morning it it's the concept wouldn't it be nice if um nice but kind of how you talked about that reminds me of something that i'm coming to value really highly for just life and business in general is just shifting your mind to be less serious, more playful, more inspired, um, and the feeling of happiness, the feeling of joy, and the, allowing that to be kind of your compass. Yeah, I, I think some things that, that'll that help keep you energized too. There's, there's things that always amaze me that, like I go and climb trees just for fun, and the person I'm walking along with will look up at me and be like, wow, that's crazy, you're climbing a tree. And I'm like, what, what do you mean that's crazy? It's crazy, you're not climbing the tree. And it's just, there's like a childlike behavior that's really healthy, I think, to keep in 
outside of an adult body. And it's like, as long as you're keeping your responsibilities and keeping that adult aspect about you, you don't have to smother the inner child. And that inner child can keep you feeling youthful and will help you sustain a healthy body, healthy mind. And that all works together. Well, thank you. I love your take on all of this. Um, I'm going to just kind of wrap it up. I know we could talk about like permaculture and fun stuff for a long time, but if anyone listening wants to like see what you're up to or get a hold of you or connect with you, where, where could they find you? Well, at Wake the Farm Up on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook Wake the Farm Up. Um, I don't keep up with that one nearly as much as Instagram. I think Instagram is like my more often used connection. And there's uh, the storyboard in there, something I do pretty much every day. Occasionally I take a day off when I want to, but uh, I keep up a pretty steady story with interesting music selections and that help kind of paint the story and it's educational and, um, and it's short too, so it doesn't take up a person's time. But if it's something that they're interested in, you can find some fun and inspiration and connection to nature through it. Yes, I would encourage you guys to go check it out. Well, thanks so much. And we'll put those links in the notes as usual. So I'm so glad you were able to join us and share your perspective, Andy. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. so much for joining us on the episode today. I'm so glad you were here to give a listen. If you liked it, this is a new podcast right now, so I would really appreciate it if you would give us a review on whatever platform you're listening on, just to let other people know that this is a place where you can learn how to manifest the life and business of your dreams. Also, if you want to find out more, follow us on Instagram. It's Michelle and Anderson with an S-E-N at the end on Instagram and Michelle Anderson. Dot com is the website.